This podcast includes information provided by the issuer and does not express the views of the interviewer. This podcast may also include forward-looking statements by the issuer that involve certain risks and uncertainties to its business. Because forward-looking statements are subject to risks and uncertainties, the issuer's actual results could differ from those indicated in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. You can follow Planet Microcap on Twitter at Bobby K. Kraft. That's B-O-B-B-Y-K-K-R-A-F-T. And you're listening to episode 63. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to tweet at me or shoot me an email at rcraft at snnwire.com. And when you do get a chance, if you like what you hear, please rate and review Planet Microcap on iTunes. It really helps provide feedback for me and spread the microcap message. For this episode of the Planet Microcap podcast, I spoke with Philippe Belanger and Matthew Martin, the president and vice president of eSpace Microcaps. I've known both Philippe and Matthew for a few years now, having interviewed Philippe on here back in 2016, and I thought it was time to have both Matthew and Philippe on the program to discuss their growth value investing philosophy. For those who don't know who or what eSpace Microcaps is, it is a website with the objective to share educational content on microcap investing and investment ideas with the focus almost exclusively on the Canadian microcap market. Philippe will also be participating on the Planet Microcap podcast live panel at the Planet Microcap Showcase 2018. The full list of panels and agenda are up now on www.planetmicrocapshowcase.com. The goal for this episode is to understand eSpace Microcap's growth value investing strategy and how they were able to leverage a hobby and turn it into a full-time job. Thank you again for tuning in to episode 63 of the Planet Microcap podcast. Please enjoy my interview with Matthew Martin and Philippe Belanger. But first, a word from our sponsor. To my loyal listeners, subscribers, and fans, Robert Kraft here, your host on the Planet Microcap podcast. The 2018 Investor Conference season is upon us. Where are you going this year? I'd like to take a second to invite you to join me and some of the guests you may have heard on this podcast to our annual Microcap Investor Conference, the Planet Microcap Showcase, April 24 to 26, 2018 at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. The Planet Microcap Showcase will be two and a half days of company presentations, networking opportunities, and educational workshop and you get to meet privately in one-on-one meetings with management of well-known public and private microcap companies. We are back with new surprises and programming that you will not want to miss. So join us for the Planet Microcap Showcase, April 24 to 26, 2018, at the Planet Hollywood Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. For more information and register to attend, please visit www.planetmicrocapshowcase.com. See you in Vegas. For this episode of the Planet Microcap podcast, I have Philippe Belanger and Matthew Martin on the program. They are the president and vice president of eSpace Microcaps, www.espacemc.com. Philippe and Matthew, welcome to the Planet Microcap podcast. Hi, Bobby. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks, Robert. Glad to be here. 
It's great to have you guys on. And uh, Philippe, you're welcome back. And Matthew, welcome for your first time here. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> it's great. So to, uh, to get started here, you know, uh, let, let's get both of your backgrounds. And uh, Matthew, since you're the, the new guy on the block, Matthew, the floor is yours. All right. So, uh, so basically, uh, I'm a, I, I guess I would say uh, from a professional standpoint that I'm a self-learner. So um, I graduated from high school and then just decided to uh, find some projects uh, like entrepreneurial projects. So um, I, I, I had a lot of ideas. I, I started like small projects, businesses, and um, I was just looking for ways to uh, make a living for myself without having a boss. And so um, at some point I ended up playing uh, poker. So uh, I discovered poker through a friend and uh, just became really interested, uh, started uh, studying the game, uh, learning as much as I could. Um, I read books, I took uh, online classes, I had a coach. And so at some point, uh, I, I was able to um, uh, make a decent living playing poker. And so after a few years doing that, um, I was looking for ways to invest the money I had won at poker. And so uh, that's how I got into microcap investing. And I guess I'll talk about it a little bit later, but um, uh, I met Philip uh, through poker, and then uh, that's how I I got into investing. So uh, that's pretty much it. I'll let uh, Philip introduce himself. Yeah. So um, personally, I have a corporate finance background. I worked two years for a, an insurance company. Uh, it's actually a Dow 30 uh, uh, Travelers. Um, and um, like Matthew mentioned, we met uh, through poker because when I was at school, uh, I played online poker um, part time and uh, continued playing when I uh, started um, working as a uh, financial analyst for travelers. Um, and um, yeah, that's pretty much it. So uh, uh, I don't know. I um, I started investing in microcaps. Um, through um, one of my colleagues at Travelers. So uh, that's uh, that's my background. Nice. So uh, you guys are two poker buddies that teamed up to tackle the, the microcap space. Uh, I, I mean, I, I I love it. I think, Philippe, you've heard me say that before. I just, I think it's, I think it's so cool that like, you know, you just, you have this risk mentality and you found a way to channel that into another passion. I, I mean, that's, that, that kind of actually leads into my next question, you know, and, and that's how, and, and Philippe, you kind of alluded to this already is, uh, you know, how did you both get your start investing in microcaps? I know Philippe, you, you were about to ex expound on that a little bit right there. Yeah. Um, well, um, so, um, I was already looking into like new ways to, uh, invest my money and I, I, I like playing poker, but, um, um, I was yeah, looking for like new challenges and and I I just by luck I one of my colleagues at Travelers, uh, uh, Aaron Lanny, with who I actually started the eSpace microcap community. He's now working for a, um, an asset management firm here in Montreal. So basically, it was annoying me with like stock market discussion every at every lunch, and I was like, <laughs> okay, after six months to listening to. To him, actually, to not listening to him, I, I asked him. So, okay, explain to me what exactly that you do, 
And he said, well, I invest in um, penny stocks, like microcap companies. Like, what's a microcap? Well, it's a it's a small publicly traded uh, company, um, and like it's like it's easy to invest in them. You just like open a, an account with a discount brokerage, and you can buy shares. Like, oh, cool! And what's your strategy? And to me, like before that, I had actually no interest in the stock market. I was like, ah, I don't want to stand in front of a computer looking at charts and and day trading. I it wasn't. It's not my style. So when he explained to me. How you would actually do it, like research and and you deep due diligence on the companies um, uh, that he's looking into. I was like, oh, okay, well now I get it, because as as a poker player, it's always been what's my edge, like what's my edge over the other players. Mm-hmm. But in the stock market, what what's my age of, over the uh, the other investors? What do I? What's my secret sauce that makes me a better investor than others? Mm-hmm. And I felt that um, I could get at least an informational edge by um, uh, doing research on the company and getting like doing going the extra step that other are others are not willing to uh, to go get the information and and be very good at analyzing it mm-hmm. so what what was did you invest in in a microcap you know just after doing all that did, like for when you did your first dive into it and really start investing in it did you did you like try out one of his ideas, or did you uh, actually do I the try, research? I try out two of his ideas. <laughs> okay, there you go. <laughs> I, Aaron was a very conservative guy, so okay. we would like research them for, I don't know, like dozen hours, even like a hundred hours, and basically pitched me his first two ideas, uh, which were uh, bioscience and expel technologies, and. Um, I actually, um, you know, I was like, okay, well, sounds like a great, great investment opportunities. I'm gonna throw some money at them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really do research. The first two stocks, I was like, I, I relied on on what he told me, mm-hmm. and and I invested like a small amounts of money just to try it, and then started doing my my own research, and due diligence to see if uh, is um, is his thesis was right, right. Uh, and and. So Aaron was like a, a mentor to me in, in making sure like you, yeah, you, I'm, I'm always been someone that, um, you know, if I think that um, even in, in the surface, like I can get comfortable with very little info, mm-hmm. just like looking at, oh, it's, it looks like a good risk reward situation. So I can like buy some, a small position, and then I do more research. And if I like what I see, I buy more. Right. So it's kind of it's it's always been my style. I buy a little, do more research, then if I like what I see, I buy a, a bunch more. Mm-hmm. So Philippe, just real quick, um, are you are you still currently a shareholder in in Biosign and, and Expel? No, I'm not. Okay. It's, it's I mean it's five years ago. So oh, okay, I'm, gotcha. <laughs> it's been like uh, I've made money on both stocks, and I I would guess if if I. If I have lost money, I'm not sure I would still be investing in microcap. So that's why I think I was lucky, lucky to meet Aaron and lucky that my first two investments were uh, that successful. But sure. then I just tried to understand why uh, those have been really good investment to me. Like what mm-hmm. what did they have that I can like, I don't know, like investing criteria that I can rely on to find the next ones. Right. Um, you know, patterns uh, that repeat themselves and and are, can help predict mm-hmm. uh, investment returns. 
right. future investment returns. Right. So, so Matthew, when you know, how, how did you come into start investing in microcaps? Did you did you meet Philippe and Philippe uh, pitched you, or you know, what? How, how did you end up uh, uh, finding this space? Yeah, exactly. So Philippe pitched me. Uh, uh, we were on a poker trip to uh, Florida and. Um, uh, when we came back, uh, he started just telling me about what he was doing, uh, investing in microcaps, and uh, I got pretty interested because, uh, like like he said earlier, um, I, as a poker player, you want to uh, to have an edge on other players, and you want to find that uh, that that situation where, uh, like, you know how you're gonna exploit the market, and mm-hmm. so. Uh, that that's what I saw in microcaps. When he told me about it, I was like, "Oh, this makes sense to me. Uh, I I think I, uh, I I could figure out how it works." And so, um, pretty much the same thing. He told he told me two of his investment ideas. Uh, I I bought both uh, kind of blindly, and uh, one went up uh, right from the start, and so. Uh, I was I was pretty hooked at that point, and I just started uh, again like I did in poker. I just started learning, um, reading books, uh, participating on uh, online message boards, going to conferences, and uh, I just uh, uh, dove right in it and uh, never looked back. So I had a pretty decent success uh, at first, and so um, I just at some point I decided to go uh, full time uh, investing. Nice. So, Philippe, what have you guys been up to? Well, since we uh, we uh, last spoke um, when I was on the podcast uh, two years ago, um, we grew the eSpace microcaps community. Um, so we have a pretty active community of, of microcap investors sharing ideas and, and, and research on our message board. Also, we started doing um, cocktails where we invite companies to present um, every two months. Uh, so, um, but the the biggest news that we we uh, we want to share with with you, uh, Bobby, is that uh, we recently uh, joined um, the uh, Rivemont Investment as consultant to um, um, help them do all the research uh, and analysis on uh, microcap investment ideas for their new fund, the Rivemont Microcap Fund. Hmm. Interesting. So, tell me a little bit more, you know, about the fund and and how long have they been around? Well, Rivemont um, has been founded um, in 2010. 2010, yeah. I wasn't sure, <laughs> 09 <laughs> or, or 10, but uh, yeah, it, it was founded in 2010. They're an asset management firm here based uh, uh, based in Montreal that um, has over $40 million in, in asset under management. And uh, I, I know that they were looking in, in launching uh, new alternative strategies. So about six months ago, we approached them and we said, well, I think you guys should launch a microcap fund, and we we could like help you do it. Um, we we've been at at this for uh, over five years now, so we could be doing like the uh, the research, due diligence, and analysis of of, of the uh, um, of the microcaps, and then um, our role is basically to to um, to source ideas and bring them so that they uh, um, they can take good um, uh, investment decision for uh, for their their investors nice so uh, matthew is there anything else you wanted to add to that um, well maybe just uh, 
the structure of the fund is uh, an open end, uh, an open end fund. So actually, Matthew, coming right back to you, you know what? What is your investment philosophy that you're looking to employ at Remont? You know, or or, or at least to uh, 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 advise them. Yeah, well, actually, the the goal is really to uh, uh, recommend, I produce research and recommend ideas to the fund based on our personal strategy. So Philip and I have been investing for five years, and uh, we developed, uh, I think, a pretty robust strategy that that's been working for us. And uh, we just want to follow the the, the same. Uh, like invest based on the same criteria. So basically, it's kind of simple. We we we're looking for uh, growing companies, but at a at a bargain price. Um, so usually it's um, something we we've been successful with is finding companies that uh, reach profitability. So um, usually they will uh, trade at uh, pretty reasonable valuation because the market maybe wasn't uh, anticipating that they reach uh, profit in a specific quarter. And so, um, so yeah, that, and, and so we focus uh, uh, on the margin of safety, uh, like companies that have cash flows, that have a healthy balance sheet, uh, long-term assets, uh, intellectual property, um, barriers to entry. So, like it, those are, I guess the the the, the things that uh, uh, a lot of people would look for, like very solid fundamental uh, investment criteria. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe Philip, you want to add something? Well, I I, I think the margin of safety is uh, like it's a concept that comes around often in, in finance, but um, that is really important. I mean, the, the first rule is to make sure that you protect your capital. And then with a given margin of safety, you want to optimize the potential return of your investments. So, um, and that's that, that brings us back to our poker background where like every second we would have to make risk reward decision. And I think this is kind of our expertise. Yeah, I mean, other people could probably do um, the research and in-depth due diligence that, that, that we do on the stocks. I mean, it's something if you're willing to work hard, uh, then it's something that can be copied. But I think our ability to assess risk-reward situation is what uh, help us uh, make good investment decision. Um, hmm. So yeah, growing companies at a bargain price, margin of safety, very important to us. But uh, an, an important uh, aspect of our strategy is that we look for the smallest and most illiquid companies that we can invest in. Uh, I believe that there's money to be made on the liquidity premium. So we invest in them where they're small, illiquid, and when the market discovered them, you then get the liquidity to exit or, or, um, or buy more, actually, if you, uh, you still believe in the, in, in the long-term investment thesis. And one way to uh, invest in illiquid companies is to participate in private placements, mm -hmm. um, basically secondary offerings of uh, public, publicly traded company. Uh, and and um, within our network, we... We have a good deal flow. That's that's what we tell our investors. Like if like we we know what's happening in our space. When companies are will, will, are, are looking to raise money, they know that in Montreal um, will be will be open to hear their story and see if there's a, a, an opportunity there. Mm -hmm. um, 
in other situation, it's us reaching out and say, well, I think you could probably use some growth capital. Can we sit and see um, what's doable? Because um, for us, private placement is a way to get the liquidity we need to um, invest, uh, have, have a sizable position in, in, in the companies that uh, um, we're, we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's, that's I would say like, uh, that's basically what we do. Of course, um, uh, we look for like quality criteria, uh, like uh, insider ownership, um, um, margins. Uh, we like companies that have uh, high gross margins. Uh, we we want to see the margins trending in the right direction, increasing, um, so that like we when we do it, um, we when we we look at the company, uh, we have more an approach. We look we look we look at the numbers, but it's it's mostly like we assess the the opportunity on on quality criteria. One thing we like to see is is, is um, um, operating leverage. So if you see expanding margins, probably this is the, a sign that the company uh, has operating leverage. But where could that leverage get them? And uh, this is uh, how I think you find growing companies at, at a bargain price. The market is underappreciating uh, the growth and the operating leverage of the company. Hmm. So uh, one thing I wanted to follow up on in, in what you just said, Philippe, is this idea of risk versus reward. You know, And you went through quite a few things that you you guys look at in a company and i'm sure you you have different measures for uh you know oh that's well this will be more risky at this level versus oh you know it's only trading at this like i think you guys know what i'm trying to say here but you know how did you what i'm trying to get at is understanding more of you know how how you how do you feel comfortable with just understanding that Okay, this, this, these are the risks that we're willing to take in order to get this reward. You know, because it seems like it's more of a natural ability as opposed to something you can quantify. Um, I'd say that, um, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, I I mentioned the the most important uh, variable is your margin of safety, so the risk that you're taking on. And some people, they, they tend like if, if you're looking at a specific investment opportunity, you can list all the risk that uh, you have identified. But some of them, I mean, I, you, you need to be able to live with them because like do can it really have a, a meaningful impact on uh, the what can happen in the future? And it's there's a function like of how much risk you're willing to take relative to the price you pay right if you pay 25 time earnings you have to be sure to that, uh, that 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 you have a good margin of safety but if you play five time earnings i mean there could there could be some airy things there that i well i'm paying five times i can live with that even though there are i don't know it's a more risky situation or um you have some difficulty to get an a a, a clear uh, risk reward um profile just the fact that you're you're buying it cheap means that there's more room for reward mm-hmm. um, so this is the way i see it um, um it's okay to look at risk list the risk and really understand what are the drivers of uh the company's success and the company's valuation 
but then just focus on on like you have to focus on what like the two three five important things that uh will decide if this will be a good investment or not mm-hmm. i i've seen i've seen in the past people like really focus on things that are not just not like it's not important i mean okay well yeah in the microcap space, it's really rare to find a stock that, like, in the perfect microcap stock doesn't exist. They always, they always have something uh, that uh, that you wish wasn't there, but it's there, and you have to live with it. And I bet even with the most perfect one, you know, it'll the valuation will run up so yeah. high. Like as soon as one person <laughs> finds it, they'll be, oh, no one's in this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> nice thing you know. Robert. Yes. Robert, one thing I'd like to add also, uh, yes. speaking about risk, um, and, and maybe that's something we didn't really uh, explain yet, but um, in order to mitigate risk when we uh, invest in a company, uh, we really do uh, underground underground uh, research and due diligence. So um, very rarely we will invest in a company uh, before we have uh, spoken to management. Mm-hmm. So we go to a lot of conferences during the year. Um, we, if we haven't uh, met management in a conference, then we'll just take the the phone and and call them. Um, and also we try to call uh, customers, suppliers, other investors in our network, uh, industry experts, and so we try to get a very good picture of like what what could go right but also what could go wrong and and once we understand like the industry dynamics and um like like basically we just want to understand the company better than most investors in the market and that allows us to make better decisions uh, down the road if we need to uh, sell or buy more or uh, i don't know anything that happens uh, we're able to um process the information more quickly and and end up with a better decision right no that's good that's that's good to know you know so um philippe a a question that i uh that i asked you when uh when i first interviewed you early on was uh but but now for you both you know is is why do you guys exclusively invest in canadian microcaps and please correct me if anything has changed so uh matthew you know let's go right back to you on that one yeah, so uh, actually, the the the, the Rivmo microcap fund is a North American focus, so uh, it can invest in Canadian and uh, American uh, stocks. So we're starting to look at the U.S. market, but uh, it, it's I would say it's not an area of focus. But uh, if we find something interesting, well, uh, we could recommend it to the portfolio manager. Um, the reason for uh, being mostly Canadian focused is because, you know, the, the Canadian markets are um, mostly resources uh, fo- focused. So um, uh, I don't know what, what the actual numbers are right now, but I, I believe something like two thirds of the the Canadian companies uh, are um, resources companies. So we feel like there's an opportunity for us to look at everything else, uh, which is like technology companies, uh, consumer goods, industrials. Um, so all these companies that are listed on the TSX, TSX Venture, um, they don't get a lot of attention uh, because nobody's looking at that market for these specific industries. And so uh, we, 
we kind of realized that uh, we could find very uh, forgotten and misunderstood companies in that space. Mm-hmm. By the way, what's what's going on in the in the Canadian market space? You know, it's it's. I remember when when I first did the interview with uh, with Philippe. You know, there is. You know, there is like a, you know, there's a core group, in, at least down here in the U.S., I feel that like has an idea of the opportunities up there. But I mean, you know, I, with more and more quality names, uh, you know, being found and, and talked about uh, amongst microcap circles, you know, uh, wh- what do you guys see going on in the space? Are there, you know, talk to me. Well, um, like in, in the markets, uh, there are cycles where, um, uh, equities are undervalued or overvalued, and I see a pendulum between like interest in Canadian microcaps versus American microcaps. I would say that when we spoke two years ago, there was still like um, it was that the value microcaps in Canada were relatively unknown, but then some some other investors they they realized that and they started chasing uh, opportunities in Canada. And at some point I felt that there were better opportunities in the US actually, uh, value micro caps trading at less than 10 times free cash flows or 10 times earnings. So for us, it's like we're not now with the with the fund, we're not exclusively investing in, in Canadian micro caps. We believe that we should be active in the markets that offer us the best opportunities be it in Canada or, or in the US. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's always just a matter of staying um, uh, at, um, ahead of the crowd and, and, and um, with our investing criteria, looking at US equities, Canadian equities, and where we can find the, the, the best value for, for our money. Mm-hmm. So where do you guys, where do you see the pendulum swinging right now? Is it, you know, are you, are you, folk, are you, uh, are you starting to look more US or, Focusing back in Canada, you know, we're well, I would say uh, six months to uh, 12 months ago, um, Canadian microcaps were a bit overvalued. But then with all the craze in marijuana and blockchain stocks, uh, we've been experiencing a correction in, in uh, Canadian value microcaps, growth value microcaps here. So some of the names that I follow are 40%, 50%, even like. 60% of their 52-week size. So again, Canadian microcaps are looking uh, very interesting right now. Um, as as the US, I mean, uh, it's uh, um, I'm 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 happy that we were we just launched the micro the, the Rivmo microcap fund. Uh, um, we we launched a month ago. I think the timing is great. It's it's a good time to be um, to be hunting for. Uh, for uh, undervalued stocks in the space right now, mm-hmm. in Canada and in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, Matthew, is there anything you wanted to add to that? No, I I totally agree with uh, Philip said. Uh, we we see a lot of opportunities right now, and uh, uh, well, personally, I I mostly look at the Canadian market, and uh, uh, there 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 are pretty good bargains right now. So uh, it's it's a good time to. Uh, mm-hmm. To uh, have some cash to deploy. Mm-hmm. So, so also, how how would you guys say you would differentiate yourselves in terms of your microcap investing strategy compared to you know, let's say uh, you know some other uh, investors in the space? Yeah. So actually, um, I 
I guess I, I will compare it to the traditional model. Uh, so when an asset management firm launches a fund, usually uh, I, I would say most of the time the goal is just to uh, raise as much assets uh, as possible and uh, collect uh, a fixed uh, management fee. And how we differentiate is um, that we're actually not uh, – looking to raise like very meaningful amounts of money because our strategy is limited. Uh, you know, if you invest in uh, companies with like under 10 million market cap, uh, well, if if you want enough liquidity to buy a decent sized position, well, uh, you can't manage like 100 million or 200 million. And so um, we made the decision with Rivement that the the best strategy was to limit the assets at 25 million. And um, basically we just want to do uh, what nobody else is doing, which is investing in the smallest and most illiquid companies on the market. And I think that's where we differentiate the most because I haven't heard of anybody else doing that, uh, like an another fund uh, doing that. Interesting. Philippe, is there anything you wanted to uh, uh, tack on to that? Um, well, um, I would say I think we, we mentioned how we, as, as investors, uh, how we differentiate ourselves. I think we're hardworking uh, analysts that are willing to go get the information to better understand the companies, their, their competitive environment, and, and what's driving value in their market. Uh, then... Uh, it's also our ability to assess risk reward situation where we we did it when we were poker player. Now we did it with investment. Um, I believe that I know it's difficult to quantify, but we were good at um, at um, just like look at situation and see uh, if it's it's a good it's a good fit for for our strategy. Mm -hmm. um, so and. Maybe um, another point. Um, it's 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 really our our network, the network that we build. We have a good deal flow, so we know we know at least in Canada we're really connected. So um, we 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 talk with other uh, smart investors, with people from different industries to uh, try to catch the, where are the trends and and. Um, hear about, um, I don't know, new uh, companies going public or mm -hmm. companies that are uh, uh, having accelerating, accelerating growth and, and uh, make sure that we, uh, we stay ahead of the crowd and we, we, we at least have a look at the company before uh, the market discovers it. Mm -hmm. so, so then, uh, you know, my next question then, and, and this is one of my favorite questions to ask is, you know, what, what experiences taught you both the the most thus far in your investing career losing money <laughs> <laughs> hopefully not it's, too much <laughs> yeah i know it's it's kind of a it's a classic yeah. in all the uh, um interviews like yeah losing money of course but it's it's a good it's a good lesson um, um I, I would say that um well, I would, uh, my, the, the best experiences I had was uh, the, where um, 
uh, actually the people I met, you know, in, in conferences, uh, um, people that I, um, I met through message board and we started like exchanging email ideas. I think that's an experience in itself. If, if, uh, if you want to have success in the microcap space, uh, you have to look at what other are doing and maybe at more experienced investors and learn from their own mistakes by asking them like a question about their, their strategy and, and, you know, ask, asking this specific question to more experienced and, and smart investors in our space. So the, to me that, those were like my, my best experiences, like sh the, the sharing and meeting new people, uh, sharing uh, uh, strategy, uh, ideas with them. And uh, this is why we we love to go at invest, uh, investment conference and we will continue to do so. Um, yeah, that, that, that would be like my what I, I like, what I taught, taught me the most, but what I like about what, what we do. Yeah. What about you, Matthew? What, what experience taught you the most? And, and uh, just let me know right now if it was the same uh, also losing money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, it, it is losing money, but uh, <laughs> I can tell you more about I, it. I didn't read his notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, when I started investing, it was uh, in the beginning of 2014. And uh, like at, at first, uh, like I said earlier, I, I was um, uh, I was only invested in two stocks that uh, Philip recommended, and uh, as, as I was learning, I was uh, putting more money into my uh, my uh, brokerage account and investing it myself. And it was really in the middle of a bull market, and so everything was going up, and I felt great. I felt like it was pretty easy to invest. And then uh, came 2015, uh, about mid mid 2015. I, I think it's um, it's when the the uh, oil uh, crashed, and uh, so the whole uh, Canadian market uh, started going down. And at that point, a lot of the companies that I owned uh, went down a lot because uh, I had actually no margin of safety. I was just buying because I thought it was going up, but I, I, at the time, I, I didn't really know what I was doing. And so what that taught me is uh, like to really consider the risk. And that's something I've been doing uh, ever since that experience is every time I invest, I, I try to uh, figure out like what's the downside risk, what could go wrong and, um, and try to pay a fair price. And there, there are like, since then, there, there have been a lot of companies that I missed because I just felt like they were too expensive and they kept going up. Uh, but like, I'm okay with that. I, I prefer to just pay the right price. And uh, yeah, so I, I guess more focused on the downside now. Mm, let me let me add something to that. Um, so yeah, it's like losing money. It's it's a good experience. But then you 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 learn how to be to trust your um, your investment strategy to trust the 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 system that you build. I think we 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 look at roughly like fifteen quality criteria and and some other stuff too. And we have to trust our system. So um, obviously, at some point, you see stocks that you like that are too expensive and are just keep keep going up and up and up. And and the experience of losing money. 
and and uh, to see other people losing money and like learn from their mistakes, then it helps you build the discipline to say no. Uh, I mean, I think in life you say you should say no often, like like uh, almost always. Then when you say yes, you know that it's it's a uh, it's a good opportunity for you, and it's 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 okay. It it fits my my um it fits in my system and and we should do it so this is with with time i mean we've i've been doing this for over five years i think that's your four years it's it's the discipline that we learn like just to wait and wait and wait for the fat pitches so but so uh just to brief my my, my audience real quick uh, philippe's actually going to be uh joining me on a, our planet microcap podcast live panel at the uh, Planet Microcap Showcase in Vegas, April 24th through 26th. So I just wanted to uh, make sure uh, everyone knew that. And, uh, you know, Philippe, we're really excited to have you on that panel. But, uh, you know, I have, a, I have a totally out there question that has really nothing to do with investing. But, you know, nope. we've developed a friendship at this point. You know, I've known you guys for a couple of years now. If you weren't in the investing game and or, or even in the poker game, you know, what – what what occupation do you guys see yourselves doing? Well, that's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly, um, like what I do is I I, I I I love to just reflect on things. You know, uh, in business, to just think at new ideas, uh, business models. Uh, um, I just like I like to read on new trends and see what's happening in the technology space and and uh, like I, I read about econo- economy politics I like in, in my ideal world I will I don't know be sipping a Corona in the south and, and just like <laughs> reading books and, and thinking about how we could improve uh, um, I don't know like uh, yeah I, w- I wouldn't be the, uh, I, I like to be like in the action so I don't think I, w- I would like be spending too much time in the sun but I'm, I'm, I just like to reflect on things and, and um, so you'd be a philosopher or a Twitter troll basically <laughs> oh, that's funny. so cool what about Matthew what about you yeah, well, I guess uh, I would be an entrepreneur, but uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, like right now, I don't have uh, I don't have time to uh, think about uh, startup ideas. But um, I get, it's it's always something that I've done uh, since I I've been very young. Uh, always looking for opportunities to uh, uh, be, actually be my own boss. Uh, I don't like I, I don't like having a boss. So um, yeah, I guess I would I would just find uh, uh, solve find a problem and and uh, build a solution for it and uh, just build a business. Yeah. So basically, I would be an advisor to a startup. That's what <laughs> I, I would help him like identify the problem, and I would just think and give him some good ideas. I like ideas, but yeah. I I know that I, I I've tried in the past actually. Uh, um, to uh, to launch a startup, and I just know that I'm I'm not a doer, I'm a thinker. So I would be a, an advisor to startup companies, or um, maybe maybe outside of the business world. But this is what I would do, and yeah, I would help Matthew become a, a successful entrepreneur. <laughs> 
Man, this is, you guys have a, it's the perfect partnership. <laughs> oh, yeah. <Nice. laughs> so, so then, you know, uh, one of my questions I'd like to close out on is, you know, what, what is your advice then for new microcap investors uh, looking at this space? You know, uh, uh, Philippe, let's start with you and then, uh, and then Matthew. Um, well, I'm reading Matthew's notes here. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, they're not fair. Matthew, you, you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I, I would say, uh, I, I would say don't, don't follow others blindly and do your own research. Um, so uh, when I, I got started investing in microcaps, that's something I, I, I wasn't doing. So I, I, was, I would read uh, uh, online message boards and uh, every time someone would talk about a company that that seems interesting i i would go out and buy it uh without doing proper research and um so so yeah basically uh, after uh, after losing money um i i learned and uh, now i i make sure that i understand everything that i invest in and uh, i do a lot of research uh, usually tens of hours of research uh, before buying into a stock. And the last thing I would uh, give as an advice is uh, to always learn. So that's something uh, that worked uh, very, very well for me uh, for my, during my life. So um, uh, always look for ways to improve. Uh, can be by reading books or speaking with uh, people who are more experienced than yourself. Um, so yeah, the, I think learning is uh, is very very important. And Bobby, um, yeah, my advice, uh, my own personal advice. So now I'm not reading Matthew's notes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for me, I, I, I uh, you know, I think it's important to in the micro cap space at least to stay connected with other investors and and and, and companies and knowing what's happening in the space but um, um i think the most important advice i could give to new microcap investors is, is to try to keep an independent mind i mean there are so many strategies that work out there uh, i'm like my our strategy um Matthew and i is not necessarily the best strategy um but it's the best strategy for us. So you, new investors have to find what works for them. What do they like first? You, 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 it needs to be a strategy that motivates you to go the extra step, to to work more and do the research, due diligence you need to do for your strategy to work. So it, it has to be a strategy that you like, that motivates you, but also that works for you. So for us, it's investing in, in uh, growth value microcap. For others, it could be day trading. It, it, it's it's really a matter of like what you like and what you want to do and just learn and try to be the best at it. So uh, so guys, where can my audience go and find more information about you and uh, and some of your uh, investment philosophies that that you put out there? Yeah, sure. So uh, we have a website that's called eSpace Microcap. So the website is eSpace. Uh, it's uh, I'll spell it E S P A C E mc.com uh, we are also on uh, facebook and twitter so facebook eSpace microcaps and twitter it's uh, eSpace mc like the website and also if you want to learn more about the if the investment fund 
uh, well, it's on uh, Rivemont's website, so it's R-I-V-E-M-O-N-T dot C-A. And uh, if you look at the list of funds, uh, the microcap fund is there. So guys, I, I want to thank you both so much for joining me today, and uh, I'll see you soon in Vegas. Yeah, we look forward to it. Yeah, see you in Vegas, Bobby. All right. Thanks, see you Bobby. Thank you all for tuning in to the Planet Microcap podcast. And thank you, Matthew and Philippe, again for coming on to the program. You can access the podcast by going on to stocknewsnow.com under podcast. Go to podbean.com and search Planet Microcap podcast or on iTunes and search Planet Microcap podcast. Stay tuned for the next Planet Microcap podcast where we'll have our next guest to discuss all things microcap. If you have any questions or comments about the podcast, please send an email to info at snnwire.com. I'd love to hear from all of you. This podcast has been brought to you by SNN Incorporated, publishers of stocknewsnow.com, the official microcap news source, and the microcap review magazine. I'm your host, Robert Kraft, and thank you again for joining me on the Planet Microcap Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.